Hello, so welcome back to the Lighthouse London podcast. I am Tom. And I'm Dan. And today we're going to do something a little bit different, although not that much different. Um, we're going to review a book. Oh, wow. Lighthouse Book Club. Lighthouse Book Club, yeah, the first of many, I hope. Like um, Oprah and Richard and Judy. Yeah. Well, I can read. <laughs> so. Oh, right, yeah. I I normally just. I know you get by. Yeah. Just about. Voice, I use uh, the old audio books i actually don't i've never listened to an audio book as a lie <laughs> that's that's a lie because you've told me you've listened to one before i've listened to one audio book <laughs> both of my previous statements were lies <laughs> i'm lying about audio books <laughs> it's just a big lie um so yeah we read quite a lot of books relating to work and stuff it's mm-hmm. uh, as i'm sure most people listening do it's a pretty good way to keep up to date with all the things going on and well my yeah most of them though you get after 10 pages you get what it's about and yeah I think, true um I've, i can finish with this in fact two things people have said to me about them i remember uh one of our friends colleagues charlie said that when he wrote his how-to business guide the, <laughs> the, the second half of it would just be blank <laughs> that's good and also um seb um our mate as well he he once had an idea for a startup which was books condensed down into like a hundred word summaries which i actually think it does exist now really yes there's a thing there's a thing which summarized them all i think it's a good idea so anyway we're not down with that we read whole books the entire book i didn't read the last the very last bit of this no that's fine the no i did read the last chapter people but just the What's the bit after the last chapter? There was a, there was a bit about, yes, epilogue. Epilogue, epilogue, that's not appendix, that's different. Yeah. Um, so we read this whole one. And most, well, many books we read, we kind of skip through and get a load of stuff out of. And I'm definitely, uh, I can hold my hands up and say there are some that I finished three quarters of the way through. Mm-hmm. But this one, I read all of it. it yeah, completely. I thought it was, you know, I think in all my time of reading books about what we do yeah. related to that, there's kind of a couple really that stand out as ones that sort of changed how I thought about everything. Um, I'd say the first of those was getting real, the 37 signals programming book. I I just loved that that so much. I think I might make, well, maybe this can become a regular book club. Yeah, I think it should do. Um, That kind of really was so advanced in its thinking. I, I, I loved it and said everything, how I wanted to develop software. Then, a while later, I suppose, the Lean Startup. Oh, that's been huge in, in what we've done, definitely. Yeah. And we've introduced a lot of people to that book and it, you know, some of them have said it's changed their lives, which is pretty cool. Absolutely. I guess. Yes, absolutely. And uh, again, it was another one which just resonated exactly the right... You're t- telling you about exactly the right problem at exactly yeah. the right time. And I think that matters as well. You know, there's the quality of the book and there's also where you are in your yeah, career yeah. and what you're doing. Um, and Lean Startup got it just right. We were just trying to work out how to work with startups. Yeah, totally. And it was like, okay, here's how to do it. And it just made so much sense. So that completely changed everything. This one, I I think time will tell. I think it actually, it feels like it will because it's about kind of creating a creative company, isn't it? Yeah, Have we definitely. actually said what the book is? We yet? haven't said that yet. I keep on trying to interject and say that the book we're talking about... The book we're talking about creativity is, is is My Little Pony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pink Pony goes to the 
<laughs> to the castle. It's the hungry caterpillar. <laughs> okay. um, no, it's Creativity Inc., which is written by Ed Catmull. I hope I'm saying that right. Mm-hmm. I've never pronounced that surname no. before in my life. It's a weird one. Um, but most of you might not know that name, but you will definitely know who he is. He is the co-founder of Pixar, yep. who are obviously responsible for, I mean, some of the biggest films of all time and world-renowned for being, uh, I guess, some of the best storytellers yeah, ever. Pi- yeah, and I suppose pioneers in both techn- technology and in storytelling. Yeah. Um, you know, Toy Story is obviously the, the first big Pixar one. I remember I, I went to go and see that when it came out, maybe with you. Yes. A bunch of us went to the cinema to go and see it, and I thought it was the best thing I'd ever seen in my life. I know, you had a Buzz Lightyear toy. I did, and I was 16. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, we sad. probably broke that at one of your parties. Yeah, it didn't last that long. Made I think the hell my eyes were closed to I mean, what, like, what were your overall thoughts? I and mean, we'll get into the details of the bits we, we really enjoyed and the kind yeah. of insights we took, but what do you think of, of the book as a whole? Yeah, so it's, it's a book that is really about a company and a company culture, obviously through the lens of what Pixar do. Mm. But what I really liked about it was that there was a lot that could be applied to pretty much any business. Definitely. Um, there was and it's a, not just creative people at all. Loads of ways of working. I mean, there's a huge amount in there for creative individuals, definitely, but, but there's so much more to it than that. Well, that's it. It made a myth... Mm. of the there are creative people and there are non-creative oh, people yeah, yeah. and after reading it you realise why some people get annoyed by the term creative because it suggests that everyone else isn't yeah. and it was about how a whole company can be creative and, and, the, and the value of that yeah. and, what, and what that gets you and obviously brilliantly the proof is that they are Pixar yeah. you know so it's not a case of saying oh those techniques sound a bit new and that wouldn't work in my company. My company doesn't need to do that. Yeah, it's like this is a huge company, and and within it also they're they're doing Disney as well, aren't they? Definitely, yeah. They are now uh, partnered up with Disney. They own Disney, or are they merged. They merged, merged but yeah, yeah. importantly, the Pixar management team were basically charged with changing the culture at Disney yep. as well, who yep. hadn't had any of this success for a long time when they came on board. They had no success for a long time, actually. Yeah. 16 years or something they were saying of, of not having a hit movie or, or not doing particularly well, which is terrible for Disney, who's, you know, if you look at the history and how much of an influence Disney was over Pixar, it's um, it's weird to think that that company would, would get to that. Yeah, and it's brilliant about how real, how, how real life it was. Mm. Because he actually isn't suggesting some kind of magic framework you know we mentioned the lean startup and one of the things the lean startup i feel gets a bit wrong is this kind of it's a science Mm. here's how you do it and you'll get success what's great about um creativity inc and pixar is the way he achieves success at disney is different because disney is a different company and there, there is no rule to it and he actually rejects the fact that there's rules it's more just a set of principles of of markers of success that he, Definitely, yeah. that he goes for one thing about it as well just i mean you you turned me on to the book and said that it's the kind of thing that i'd really enjoy it and, and i did in many ways particularly because i learned a lot from it but also it gives a really good history of pixar which yeah. is a very interesting thing i mean i didn't know anything about this guy before and to to see what he's actually done over his career and the kind of things he's invented or being been a part of 
you know, that probably won't not worth spoiling it really, but go and read it and you'll find all this stuff about where Pixar came from and what mm. the guys behind it have done in their careers is is amazing, really. Very interesting and, and just a good read from that perspective. Yeah, absolutely. It's a very good book. And whether it becomes one of those ones like Lean Startup that changes how I do things and, and how I think you know that that's to be seen but I, at this point in time having just read it I'm like yeah. super excited about, yeah, yeah. about doing the things that in the way that they do yeah I mean there were definitely uh, we're going to try and come up with a, a few things each that we we took out of the book that we'd want to kind of bring into Lighthouse and start using um, I think for me probably the, the the biggest theme that he goes on about quite a lot in the uh, in the story is is sort of embracing failure and almost going out to try and fail uh, mm-hmm. and how that doing that and breeding a a working environment where people are allowed to try new things and not worry about whether it's exactly the right thing to do is really really powerful because that's how he's saying that you you become more creative yeah so you're not stuck within a way of working that doesn't let you try anything new you're always trying to innovate and change what you're doing and and trying experiments out and trying stuff out knowing that they might not work and that's the only way he's really saying to to change to adapt yeah and you need to a business has to like disney didn't or whoever it is he talks about various companies that didn't um and look where they are now you need to carry on changing and learning new stuff and this is how you do it yeah and how you measure things as well Mm. so I think that was one of the things with failure was you're kind of, if you say that we're going to make less mistakes yeah. and that's your goal, well, you will make less mistakes, but also you'll just do less. And yeah. and if people people get scared of trying stuff out, then you get stuck in a rut. And yeah. when you get stuck in a rut, before you know it, and you won't notice it happening, you're suddenly irrelevant. You're suddenly yeah. someone else's is faster moving than you they're not scared to make mistakes and yeah. as a culture it's very hard to turn that especially because he's talking about a huge company mm. you know and i can feel even at, at lighthouse which is you know a, a handful of people like tiny yep. compared to them but as we add more people you feel you have to work harder at that culture yeah definitely Definitely. No, absolutely. I loved I loved that mistakes bit. Well, um, you, you know, everyone always says you learn from your mistakes, right? So, yeah. so don't be afraid to make them. Yes, I mean, completely. It, 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 but I think people don't connect those two ways of working. Yeah. It's like, this works, let's just do it again. No, try something new. Absolutely. And I think what a really telling quote out of it was, I think, you know, don't trust people to not make mistakes. Mm. Trust them even though they do make mistakes. Yeah, definitely. So basically trust them that if they make a mistake, they'll notice and they won't do it the same next time. They'll yeah. fix it. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's proper trust. It's not... Absolutely. It's not just saying, oh, I know you won't mess up. And it's, it's a good way to sort of manage people, isn't it? To say that, that you trust them enough for them them to help you shape your organisation, yeah. you know? I mean, that's a very, very strong thing to say to someone who you're working with. It shouldn't top down all the time be, this is how things work. Like everyone in, in a company needs to have a voice, needs to be involved and needs to help change. The One of the ideas in there that I thought was great, um, my first pick, mm-hmm. is um, is the idea of your model of the world. So the way that you see things being different to how other people see things. Yeah, yeah. And this was when he was just talking about um, how they managed and how 
so how they you know dealt with people and issues and it was yeah, kind of more yeah, of a yeah. general point it steps yeah. out of pixar quite often just mm-hmm. to make general points and your model of the world you know he's saying how it's built up by all your experiences everything you've learned and you know it's just stacks upon stacks of assumptions assumptions about you know assumptions now about what i think you're thinking about what i'm saying yeah yeah that there's too much you can't function if i worry about all of those things yeah so i fill in all those instead of worrying about them i fill them all in with assumptions so i assume you think that it's okay that i say this i assume that lots of other things yeah um, and what he's saying is that's all well and good, but you've got to remember how much of what you think about the world is your your mental model of Definitely, it. Definitely, yeah. And that other people's can be completely different. Yeah. And that's when you don't understand where someone else is coming from. Yeah. And this actually kind of, you know, I read this over Christmas when I was kind of, you know, you get, you get, uh, you get reflective in your time off. <laughs> and I was just like, wow, you know what I mean? Yeah, it yeah. really, there was, I remember just having a moment of being like, it's such an obvious thing, but, you know, the things that, you know, you, you live with someone, like I live with my wife. Yeah. And I just suddenly thought, I wonder what all those little things I think about things that she might do. Yeah. I wonder what the things are that I do that that make her go, yeah, oh, yeah. oh, he's done that and that didn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. you know, I don't know why, you know, not being like this is some kind of domestic situation. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get involved in this. Not <laughs> it's not necessarily good or bad things. No, no, know? no, absolutely. It's just, it's just you, no, you it think that else's... everything you do is completely rational. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. it isn't. And to other people, they might not understand it yeah, at all. Yeah, they might not get it. And things that you don't get about other people, if you take a step back and just consider that for a bit yeah. or, or try and understand why they might say that, it really helps you deal with a situation, particularly where there's conflict, right? And that's yeah. where it comes up in, in, in the book. So dealing with a reason why someone's saying something, you need to think about it in a bit more detail and not come at it from your point of view yeah. to really understand why that stuff happens. And when you get that, you can deal with the situation a lot better. Yeah. And also it applied to becoming inflexible. Mm, So thinking that you're right. And when, and a company can do the same thing, like a company builds up a model. Like we, we talk to each other every day about the state of the industry, about what, how we should handle situations with clients, like how we should sell ourselves. And we're, Although we're constantly challenging it, it's the same people challenging it. Mm. And the model gets built up that this is the right thing to do. And, unless you can like step back and go what assumptions have we made here you know what model is this built on and is it solid you're never going to get you're never going to get that you know that's where you stop having new ideas again yeah. a lot of his thing is about the things that companies do that lead them to becoming stale mm. and stop being creative yeah and you know i just really loved that idea of although it's an obvious thing pointing out that everyone's different but then sort of pointing out why and the risk of not acknowledging that and how it and how it can cause a company to be like that as well yeah definitely the things that are you think obvious are quite easy to forget sometimes so it's important you you remember that that stuff um one other thing that i really liked kind of ties in with the the failure one again but it's the sort of power that they give everyone in the company to have a voice Mm. and to to all get together to to sort of jointly solve a problem so I think it's towards the beginning of the book they talked about these um, monthly meetings or regular meetings they had around a massive table and all the managers would sit up there and they'd give their viewpoint and everyone else in the room would sit around the, the they'd be out on the outside of the room yeah. and they wouldn't get 
like involved. So there was a problem there because actually it's not just about like the director of the film giving his or her viewpoint. Everyone should have a voice. And, mm. and, and no matter who you are, even if you're not creative, you could be in finance, you could be in whatever you want. Everyone should have a voice and should have an input because everyone can be creative, as he says. Um, and, and just the sort of ways throughout the book that, that he describes how they've changed their culture to 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 have that happen on a regular basis like mm-hmm. they talk about having dailies yes. for their films and i think the, the director gets up first and does their 10 minutes 15 minutes on where the, the thing is at and then the the whole floor is open for them to constructively criticize what's going on yeah and the directors you know you, you think they'd be like no i don't want to hear from some guy about this but they love it right because yeah. all this feedback is great but it just means that anyone could come in and 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 suggest something and it might not be a fully formed idea but that's where great ideas come from yeah it's a spark you know what i mean and, yeah, yeah. And, and that might not be it might be the tiniest thing that someone says but that certainly when they discuss um how their stories often get stuck in a rut or you know it's a really complicated process to make a film like this um so they'll hit real like bad times during during making yeah. a film where the director's like i don't I don't know what to do. Like, I can't solve this problem. What do you think? And someone just says one tiny thing. Yeah. And then that snowballs and becomes the final thing that you see on screen and, you know, breaks box office records and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I just really like the way, I mean, we've tried to do similar stuff um, at Lighthouse, obviously, on a much smaller scale, but but we've always said, or certainly I've always said that um, anyone can be creative. Yeah. And I get really good feedback being a designer not necessarily from people who are designers because that obviously often isn't the best feedback. No. It's just anyone can look at something and be like, I don't like that yep. because of this or I get this feeling from what you've done. I, you know, how about this? And, yeah. and it, it's just brilliant to have anyone involved and, and given, given their viewpoint. Completely. No, I, I love that. They, they really worked hard to um, make sure that everyone mixed as well everyone yeah, mingled yeah, I mean yeah. I think the you know the, the the next thing I had was um that as part you know they set up this Pixar University mm. um which really really yeah, struck that was me. really cool yeah and not and and that was basically where they just taught stuff and you know and, and just pumped investment into teaching people things and having people learn things that were outside of their um yeah. outside of their discipline yeah um you know and actually it made me think of our you know when we went and did screen printing right? yeah definitely which at the time i kind of was like i know this is a good idea i can't put my finger on quite why yeah yeah um and one of the things they said that he said about that was that was great about it which i think was even an unintended consequence was that everyone was a beginner again at these things mm. so it just got again. It was that fear of making mistakes. It made every, it plunged everyone into a situation where no one was the expert. You know, top yeah. management and, and and kind of you know yeah, runners yeah, yeah. and stuff all at the same were level. doing something where they both had the same amount of knowledge. Yeah, and it just made it natural for people to be comfortable with like learning something new, yeah. with not being not feeling scared, which has again allowed anyone to contribute because you didn't totally, feel scared. Yeah. So, and again, it's not about a framework there wasn't this kind of like, here's how you do this. It was just the general principle of everyone's got to be learning, everyone's everyone's a beginner. And I think that was, um, and you know, your, the point you made there actually reminded me of one of, one of my favourite quotes out of it. He was talking about one of their colleagues, and I can't remember which one it was, but they said, it was, you, you mentioned it, like not always being easy to do it. Mm-hmm. And their quote was, if you're sailing across the ocean, your goal is to avoid, ba- avoid weather and waves, then why are you sailing? Yeah. You know, 
if you're out sailing, you can't control those elements and some days are going to be good and some days are bad and you deal with it because your goal isn't to be sailing, your goal is to create something, to, yeah. get, to, to get to where you want to go. Yeah, yeah. And so it's really nice kind of, you know, when you sit there and go, oh, why, you know, why is this project being hard now and this is difficult and yeah it's basically saying you can't shortcut that stuff that's yeah. what a lot of the book is about is saying you can't shortcut this you've got to go all into it that's yeah, got to be absolutely, your goal yeah definitely i think one uh i suppose the last thing that i want to pull out for this was the um the research trips that they talked about and, mm-hmm. and their attitude to research in general. And oh, yeah. It's not, um, again, it's not groundbreaking, and it's, it's something that we've done for a, a while, and we always research um, our clients, and when we start projects, we, we're trying to learn as much as possible. But it's kind of funny that people don't do this, and, and with Pixar, it's, um, I guess, in many ways, it's, it's very relevant because they're creating these kind of, like, imaginary worlds based on reality. Yeah. So um, I'm trying to think of a good example of what they did, but every time they've got a new story, they go to the places. In oh, the, there was the Ratatouille one yeah, where, cool. he, where they, they where they went they went to Paris yeah, and yeah. went to Michelin star restaurants yeah, yeah. and saw what a kitchen was like, how people yeah. moved and what they how they communicate with each other. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I mean, when when they're recreating these characters, they want to have a, a base of. Uh, reality to work from mm-hmm. and the only way you can really get that is is not by looking at pictures on google images or whatever no. it's by getting involved and and getting in there i mean they're lucky enough to have the money to send all their stuff to yeah, paris and well, all that kind exactly of thing. and I, but i felt also it wasn't just like about animators go and look at how mm. a chef moves it was like everyone go and just immerse yourself in that yeah. and see what ideas come back out that are going to shape this film in, Definitely, in, yeah. and they're going in not knowing not knowing how it's going to shape it and that's what I think that's what I always think about research and it's one of the one thing that annoys me is when people see research as some kind of luxury yeah and because you you're saying we're just going to learn stuff and we don't know the exact outcome yeah and people say well I want to know the exact outcome and you say well it will be unexpected and yeah. that's what we don't know and one thing I loved about this was you know again the proof of it it's like this is how Pixar do it. They invest in research, and what comes out at the end? Well, every film's a hit, and yeah. they're one of the most creative companies going. So when someone's saying, "Oh, why should we spend money on research?" Yeah, it's like, well, because it brings value. I, you know, that value is slightly hard to predict what it'll be, but it will. And I, yeah, no, I I love that bit as well. Well, I think the the bit that um that really told how valuable it is is when they they do get to the section where they merge with Disney and. They're going into this company that is kind of stuck in a rut. You know, mm. they're creatively not. They've got very talented people, but there's something that's not quite working, and it's more difficult than just doing research. But I think the first new project they start on, I forget which one it is. They say, right, let's not start drawing. Let's let's not do what you you'd usually do. We're packing you off for a week to wherever. You're going to learn about this stuff and just observe. And I think the creative people or the people involved are like, why would you do this? You know, like we don't need to do this. Yeah. But they go and do it and come back, and their mind is blown by how much they've learned and how much they can then implement that in in the new film they make. And, and you know, I think there's a, a quote at some point then says, now every single project in, in Disney research is like the key thing that mm. happens, and they would never approach a project without doing um, a research trip or a search. Absolutely. Have I got one left? Yeah, one more. One Unless more. I've used one of yours up. No, I think I threw one of mine in there. Right. Um, but that's fine. I suppose the last thing I'll say about it, and I could go on about it for ages, uh, do read it, is the level, one of the principles they tried to achieve, which would lead to the other things happening, mm-hmm. was just the level of like honesty they wanted. Yeah. And like 
they didn't and candor so basically that debriefs need to need to have everyone being truthful about what went wrong yeah totally you know the he talks a lot about the the hidden things that are hidden from you in your company and this is him as a leader mm. he's like you can't see every corner because yeah. there'll always be corners underneath the things people don't want to tell you yep. and there's a corner of your company you can't see because of that so you know you can't have a hundred percent that's always there it's human nature yeah. but what but what you what you're looking to do is uncover all that risk like yeah and get and the only way to do that is people if people feel that it's not going to be personal to them yep. and it's not going to affect their career and you think about what people are like at work. I think about what I'm like at work, like how hard you have to work to make it so that people don't feel threatened about um, telling a boss that they're wrong yeah, or they totally. think they're wrong. Yeah, yeah. And people don't feel threatened about saying, I've seen this risk and I caused it or yeah, I'm yeah. causing it, you know. Yeah. And you know they they are just dedicated to it. That's they they they're not just doing this on the side. You know, just to be like, oh, this is how we we need to tweak a few things. Mm. You know, the whole thing is it's the whole mission of the company. Um, and it really, I think that's that was something it it really spoke to me when I look at what we're doing, and I think, well, what bits are we doing that are just because that's how people do stuff and are all of those things in line with principles not necessarily the same principles as Pixar but but with our principles of what what we want to do um because it's sort of like wow you've really got to fight for fight for that stuff to take hold um so yeah no I thought it um it, no, I totally it, agree I mean that th there's several things throughout the book that he just keeps on going on and on and about and it, it's so important to get that yeah. right isn't it and yeah having everyone in your company be totally honest to everyone else it is, how could that be bad? Yeah, I mean, completely, completely. So awesome! Uh, the Amazon affiliate link is, uh, <laughs> <laughs> is is uh, is in the notes. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Please uh, click through, and while you're at it, why not buy yourself Something that? Else? Yeah, Go buy a four thousand pound TV, please. <laughs> yeah, nice absolutely. Um, but that's book review one done. Yeah, book review. I think we should I definitely like do some more of them. That's maybe cool. do. Uh, maybe I might. I might get everyone to revisit Getting Real. That would be cool. Yeah. See what people yeah, think about yeah, it. Yeah. It's quite short, but anyway, I think let's uh, let, let's wrap up the creativity ink one. Go and go and read it. Um, yeah, you will not be disappointed. Believe no. me. No, it's great. Cool. cool. Well, so we we've been Tom and Dan. Yeah, wicked. And uh, if you want to find out more, go to wearelighthouse.com. We'd love to hear what you thought about the show. Hello at wearelighthouse.com to say hello. At wearelighthouse on Twitter. There's other stuff around the place, but that's probably enough. Yeah. Um, thanks to Encompass Sound for the music, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Mm -hmm.